It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams, and that means crossover. I've got Ryan and Chris from Lockdown Chiefs. We have a great conversation. We actually had it a couple days ago, so when we get to a couple discussions, we may be a little outdated on that topic, and that being where the game is being held. Most of you have heard by now that the game in Mexico City will be moved back to the Coliseum in LA, which, crap, ain't that some bullshit. Your boy needs to figure out what the heck he's doing. I've got tickets leaving on Friday. Vivid Seats, a sponsor of the show, has actually already refunded me my tickets. Uh, but now I need to figure out all these other things that I planned down in Mexico City, my hotel, my flight. Uh, if I want to still just take the trip. So I'm, I'm going back and forth. I had a lot of people reach out on Twitter and social media today. So thank you, uh, everyone that said they felt bad and they were thinking about me. I appreciate that. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm leaning towards taking a vacation. But it's going to be a little funny when uh, Monday night scrolls around and I'm just at some random bar in Mexico City and I'm looking up and everyone's at the Coliseum, which is like two miles from my house. (laughs) It's a little bit, uh, it's going to drive me nuts, but you know what that means? More tequila! Um, (laughs) We're going to fight it with trying to have some fun. I'm going to talk it out over the next couple of days. Leaning towards going on this trip still. Uh, Just because I have other things planned. We're going to be down there for about four or five days. Some other activities we're going to be going on. So maybe I'll see some other Rams fans down there. I'm curious if you had tickets to the game down in Mexico or were thinking about going down. uh, Let me know. You still going? Maybe we can all get together and watch watch the game together down there and have have a watch party down in Mexico City and just get crazy. As I mentioned, tickets are already up. Uh, Season holder tickets got first crack at it. And then they're going to release to the public, I believe, by about the time this releases. I've already seen them on secondary ticket sites going up. So uh, if you're in L.A. and you want tickets to a great game, uh, you're welcome. Go check it out. Uh, you can find them all over the place right now. All right, guys, before I forget, don't forget to go follow the show. Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, subscribe, share, like, comment. Let us know how we're doing. It helps us move up in the rankings as well on social media. Go give us a follow. LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group, Interact. We've doubled our group in the past week and a half, so that's awesome. Thanks for joining in, guys. We're going to have some cool prizes to give away here soon, and there's always a good discussion to go down. So appreciate everyone for pitching in. What we're going to do now before I get too far into this is we're going to kick it over to the interview I had yesterday with Ryan and Chris from Lockdown Chiefs. We had a good discussion about the game. A few of the things may be a little outdated, obviously, field conditions. So when we talk about that, just roll your eyes and think about how mad I am. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Here's my crossover with the Chiefs. Cali, 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 Cali,
don't think so. Well, folks, this is a special episode. We have Bear from Locked On Rams, and we're going to talk about this matchup in some pretty good detail. And I have a feeling uh, this particular one's been kind of bubbling away for a number of weeks. But, uh, Bear, how are you feeling right now? Oh, Ryan, I'm doing good, my man. I'm super excited about this one. You're right. It's been bubbling for a while. Been watching your guys' uh, schedule, really cheering for you guys, hoping, you know, you, you come in at a great record. Same with us, obviously. I was I was nervous with the Seahawks game we just had, and it was a lot closer than we wanted it to be. And we just wanted to get there, 9-1, and 9-1, and one, Mexico City, neutral ground. Let's fight it out. But, yes, it's been so hard to not want to talk about this game every week for the past four weeks. We've had a lot of, a lot of stuff on our schedule until we got there. But they made it through in, in you know, a big scheme of things. 9-1, and one, we feel real good about it. Uh, but, yes, a game that we have been anticipating for quite some time. Well, but at least you've had a couple of games that you could look forward to where we've been playing Cleveland and Arizona leading up to this game. So, <laughs> A uh, little bit Nothing different against there. Cleveland, Arizona, folks. Just say it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not even going to try to go there. So uh, what I will say is, though, you look at this game, two 9-1 teams. Obviously, it's going to be Mexico City, so really not a home field advantage for you guys at all whatsoever. Um, but you did lose Cooper Cup this week. How big of an injury do you think that's going to be to your team? You know what? I mean, if you step back and take a big picture, yeah, it, it really hurts, right, as far as offense. And we run that 11 personnel. I think it's close to 98% of the time we're on the field where we have three wide receivers, a tight end, and a running back. And Cooper's a big part of that. But he was out previous to this. So this was only, I think, his second, maybe his third game back. I think his second game back. And we did well without him out. We were able to move some people in there. Yes, Josh Reynolds really doesn't fit well into that. But Robert Woods has really shown his worth throughout his the first Cooper Cup injury. He was able to step in and play that slot. Uh, so we were able to move forward with it. We've got tons of weapons. It helps when you have a guy like Todd Gurley in the backfield where you're like, all right, well, maybe we got to get him more involved. We've seen the up take in our tight end action Higby and Everett the last two games have really pitched in they got two touchdowns they're only touchdowns by Jared Goff last week were two tight ends uh that's been a big part for us and we're gonna have to do that moving forward so it does hurt because he's just such a solid uh football player not so much a wide receiver he's a football player he's smart he knows how to run routes he knows how to block if he's not you know the main guy he knows how to do all those little things so yeah it's gonna really hurt uh, but in the long end of things, they were able to kind of try this out a couple weeks ago. We're just going to have to look to do that the rest of the season. So uh, that is kind of a struggle. And, and you're talking about this game in Mexico City, neutral ground. I, I, is anyone else going to the game? I'm flying out on Friday, people. Uh, I am stoked. I will be there losing my voice. I'm glad we have this podcast now because next week I probably won't sound like this. Uh, but that neutral site, have you seen the field? That is what I'm worried about. We lost Cooper Cup last week, but who might we lose this week with that ugly, ugly field? Have you seen much about that? Oh, it's worse than the Meadowlands, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. We might lose bo- all players on both teams. NFL's got to be freaking out right now as far as, you know, this is the basically number one team versus the number two team. And, and the Saints really have an argument there to be like, hey, you guys are leaving us out since you know, they beat us. But top Two out of three teams in the NFL are going down to, you know, Mexico to play on a surface that right now is, you know, beyond questionable. So uh, they're working together right now with the stadium, uh, and we'll see how that turns out. But that that's making me a little more nervous about this, and I'm starting to go, man, this is 
you know, two high octane offenses and you're talking about people maybe slipping all over the place. I hope, I think it's the highest over under since like what the eighties or something like that. And I know a lot of people, me included, want to say, take the over, take the over. But if that oh, playing surface, I said is it earlier track, today. Yeah. Wh- wh- which way do you go if it's a wet track, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, honestly, and you look at, and I think we kind of talked about this on Sunday show or on Monday show that you look at this game. Yeah, it's in Mexico City. Yeah, the playing field sucks. Uh, and the NFL needs to figure that out. But they already had their hands full with uh, security and who to use and what to do. And I don't know that that field is something that you can really play on. And I don't know what their options are to change it at this point anyway. I don't think they can, obviously. Um, so, so I think they're really in a bad bind in that situation. Yeah, I definitely want to make sure if they're going to move the venue that I, I either one, I, can I get refunded? Or two, I'll travel I'm in Mexico. I'll find. Let's go to Cancun. Does Cancun have a stadium? I might be a little better suited down there anyway at this point of the year. But you're right. What's going to happen if this goes south fast? And you talk about player safety and things like that. This thing could get ugly. But let's not go there yet because uh, I want to. I want to see a football game. And you talk about you guys coming in. You just joked about you know playing Cleveland and obviously Arizona. I expected actually a bigger. Uh, margin against Arizona. Obviously, you guys took care of Cleveland pretty well, and a lot of people in Vegas can thank you. They made a bunch of money off that. Vegas gave you a pretty favorable spread as far as if you're putting money down. Uh, But how do you feel coming out of that playing two teams that are at the very bottom tier uh, of their own respectable divisions, but then you're coming in here? Our defense is nothing to brag about, and I think you know, the Chiefs and the Rams are pretty much similar when it comes to defensive stats. Nothing to brag about, but the offense are huge, right? And only put up 28 points, correct me if I'm wrong, last week against Arizona, who, who does have a, a better pass defense. But I guess when you look at the scoreboard and you're like, only versus Arizona, like how do you guys feel coming into this week off of playing a couple slower teams, uh, maybe kind of, you know, get you in that mode where you're not ready to play the elite of the elite. And, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll put ourselves in that category along with yourself. But uh, does that worry you coming in playing the opponents you just did? You know, I, I wish that they had scored 28. They only put up 26. And unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it's a distinction that I don't usually have to make. But I, I will tell you this. There's a, a little bit of extenuating circumstance there. Um, the guy running the show, the guy that's been the feed on this whole season uh, had kind of a personal issue going on, a death in his uh, girlfriend's family, like literally at the stadium before kickoff. Crazy. And I have a feeling that that probably played a, a larger role than we were ever led to believe. In fact, we didn't know anything about it until post-game. But because the offense flows through him, I, I think that probably knocked things down a little bit. So I'm going to take it that the defense improved, uh, only allowing 14, which if this is quite a step for this particular defense. And uh, I'm going to write off that, that offensive performance. I think really it's about the matchups more than what they've done the last couple of weeks. Well, and the other thing I will add real quick is that I think this offense really missed Sammy Watkins. I think Watkins brings another element to this team that allows Hill and Kelsey to operate a little bit better uh, than the other weapons that Kansas City had uh, without Watkins on the field. And I do think that they missed him. And, and like you said, Arizona's got a great passing defense. Um, and, you know, Kansas City struggled a little bit against Denver earlier this season when Watkins didn't play. 
Uh, you know, so to me, I think it, it was a combination of things. And Ryan's right. I mean, you know, the, the guy losing his uh, girlfriend's father-in-law, you know, right before the game, that's got to at least be in your mind a little bit. Yeah, and that's crazy because that was at the game, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong? Yeah. Yes. That's insane. And yeah. I saw that. She posted a picture from Instagram. She posted a picture from Instagram on the phone. Or I'm sorry, on the field. I apologize. Yeah, I saw that today on ESPN. It kind of blew my mind. And I, I was even thinking, I was like, man, I wonder if that's a question I shoot him. Like, how, how does that affect you moving forward? And I know, I, you know, we've seen multiple occasions throughout the NFL where uh, it's been either a big effect, uh, positive or negative, right? I go back to Brett Favre, and that was his dad, but he went out and, you know, had the most amazing performance afterwards. But this is a, a different country. It's a game that's been built up for a long, long time. Uh, going to be interesting to see how kind of he t- handles that emotionally. I know he's a great player. Uh, everyone's really excited about him out there in KC and really across the NFL about what he's done. So this is going to be an interesting week for him to take a lot of different questions, uh, not just football related, and then kind of come to the the point of playing one of the you know best games of the NFL so far. So you mentioned Sammy Watkins, and I want to get a quick question in here because obviously Sammy Watkins, former LA Ram last year and you know he did well to the point of statistically he had great numbers for touchdowns uh, the yardage and the receiving wasn't so much the same we really wanted him we, you know I think LA Ram fan base wanted him to stay wanted him to want to stay uh, he obviously had ideas for his contract the Rams had ideas for what his contract should be it didn't really work out obviously Kansas City steps up gives him the money we go get Brandon Cooks and there's a lot of comparing, right? And Sammy Watkins right now, 39 catches on 54 targets, just over 500 yards and three touchdowns. You mentioned about him being a big part of what you do offensively. I know he was a little banged up. Are we expecting him to play? And, uh, you know, looking at him versus Brandon Cooks as a Rams perspective, um, you know, Ram, uh, Brandon Cooks has 51 catches on 72 targets, 857 yards, three touchdowns. I know we're happy with what we got. Are you guys really excited about what you got in Sammy Watkins? I am. Uh, you know, honestly, I think that he hasn't gotten enough credit in Kansas City. I know he doesn't have the yardage maybe uh, that you would want from a receiver of uh, his caliber in this offense and a receiver that um, has been very effective at, at other places. But I will say, you know, you've watched Andy Reid in the past and uh, had other receivers come to this offense and struggle. Uh, their first year and Sammy Watkins is still doing things on the field and I really do think that he's part of the reason Kelsey and Hill have been able to do what they've done at at certain times because he's able to open things up they can't just single uh, they can't just uh, double cover Hill or double cover Kelsey because they have to worry about Watkins as well and I do think he's been playing better as of late as well so I do think that it's, it's been a great signing for him I understand Cooks is a great player for the Rams and you know I'm, I'm happy with where Kansas City is going forward you know I, I think it's a work in progress uh, for the contract that he signed I, I'm hoping to see a little bit more out of Sammy as, as the time goes on but I think really would you call Cooks the number one option in the past game for the Rams you know what right now uh with the injury to Cup yeah I think he slides into that role I think uh Brandon I think Robert Woods definitely comes to that third down blanket that guy that you're really if you if you need a catch you go there, uh, but yeah if you're looking to feed the ball throughout the rest of the season I think Brandon Cook's going to be that guy. But when we had the trio, that's a great question because there wasn't really that stud. They're all kind of was on the pace 
for really getting close to that thousand yard mark individually, all three of them. So uh, at this point, though, he needs to step up and be that guy. Uh, we're giving him the targets and he's starting to produce the yardage. Uh, so, yeah, I think moving forward, he's going to have to be. Well, I think that's really the difference. I think Sammy's understanding that he's got the B, the one B to Tyreek Hill, and that may be the difference in the role, but uh, we'll see how it, it evolves. Folks, we're going to take our first break right here, uh, and we'll be back and we'll talk, flip things over and see what we can get into. All right, Ram fans, before we get to our next segment, I'm really excited to talk to you about our newest partner, Metro Infinity. You can find them at 821 East Central Ave, Monrovia, California, just off the 210 in Monrovia. You have to swing by their brand new multi-million dollar facility and check out the amazing selection of new and used Infinities. They are the only dealer in California that's family owned and has been in business over 25 years. They come in as the number one volume dealer in California. One of my favorite things about Metro Infinity, not only are they just have great selection of cars, but if you don't like coming in the dealership, no problem. They will bring a new car and the paperwork to your home, office, wherever you guys want to meet. They're going to make sure that you are extremely comfortable during the whole transaction. Believe me, they take pride in not being your typical car dealer where you know it takes hours to buy and they play games back and forth with the price and it's just a hassle experience. That is not them. They want you to have a luxury car buying experience and trust me, these guys get it and that's what they deliver. Make sure to mention Locked On. They're going to give you another $500 off any car purchase. That's right, $500 off just by saying you listen to Locked On. They're fans of the show. We're fans of them. You can reach them at 629-599-7510 or go to their awesome website, which is MetroInfinity.com. Again, that's MetroInfinity.com. Right now, you can lease a brand new Infinity Q50 3.0 luxury loaded with navigation with $1,000 down, $325 a month plus tax. That's right. That's it. $1,000 and a low monthly payment, and you're driving out in the brand new Infinity Q50. And then, don't forget to mention Locked On. You get $500 off. Again, that is Metro Infinity off the 210 in Monrovia. Go get yourself a brand new Infinity. You can thank me later. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'm very interested because clearly for me, I I am a defensive first kind of guy. 
there's two players that this Ram team possesses that I I have either coveted in the past or covet now. Right. <laughs> so I, we'll start with we'll start with the guy that I has never played in Kansas City, and, and this is a, a Chiefs offensive line that is patched together currently. Um, a lot of journeymen there, uh, a couple of guys that have been tossed out of off of other teams, and they're coming together. But now they got to play Aaron Donald. Is it, tell me if you are the Chiefs coordinators trying to get in Andy's ear about how they go about trying to block Aaron Donald. What do you do? You know, I would love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation because uh, that's something that is going around the NFL as far as how do we, how do we stop this guy? I mean, he you know, 12 and a half sacks and he makes it look easy. And, and really, you look at it, if you look at his film, uh, if he's not getting triple teamed or double teamed or being held – uh, the numbers that this guy could have would just be insane. I understand that's part of the game, and you know that's how it, how it laid out that day. But um, he's so close, so many times. There were a couple times during that game versus the Saints where I felt like he was just right on Drew Brees' shoulder pad, and the guy got just enough block to get him off where he could get a finger on. Uh, but he's he is a beast. He's an animal. I'm really worried about what the NFL is going to do. There was a little bit of a scuffle after the game in the Seahawks game where he had you know, went and found his helmet and, and laced it up and went over and started talking trash to Britt after the game and throwing his face mask around. I'm expecting a fine. I hope not that they're going to hold out a player. But there's talk around here in L.A. that they're worried about maybe a suspension or something, maybe internal to try to, you know, maybe a quarter out of the game. I don't think anything's going to happen. But Aaron Donald's a really, really, really tough guy to play. And you see him, uh, I mean, he's got like 4% body fat. He's just a monster. We're really excited about him over here. But I, I really think that you just have to commit multiple people to him. And you, and you have to fool him. You have to try to bring action his way to go the other side. You have to just get him out of plays. So the best way to beat him is to get him out of the play. Uh, but no one's really figured out how to do it yet completely from you know first quarter to fourth quarter. And I think that's where he gets strong is that third, fourth quarter at the beginning of the game, everyone's hyped up. They've been, you know, slapping each other's in the helmets, and they're ready to play. Uh, you get to the fourth quarter, you know, that tank's a little empty, and this guy's got a different size tank. And I think that's when you start to see him really make plays. And our defense has been weak, but we closed out games thanks to him. And then you forget, obviously, we got Sue. And you mentioned a couple of your former teammates there. Vermeek Wilson has probably been the better one out of the two this this year so far. And uh, we're hoping <laughs> things we did not think yes. we would hear. Oh, guaranteed did not think we would hear that. And and Peter's had a better game this last week, and I know he's so motivated. Uh, but I'm curious to see how he's going to play against his former team uh, this coming week down, where we're all giving a lot of pressure to him over the first, you know, over the last four games. But played a better game this week. Uh, we still see some room for improvement there, but it's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, that, you know, crazy, crazy good offense against this defense who on paper looks like a crazy defense but hasn't really been there yet. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about next is you look at this defense and on paper I thought going into the season the Rams are going to be hard to beat because, one, their offense is going to be good, but the defense that they're going to have to go with that offense is just going to make them very tough to beat because good luck putting up points. But that's not how it's played out so far this year. I know you guys have, are missing Aqib Tlaib right now. Uh what else do you think has really affected that defense to where it's not playing to where you would expect it to be? Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit between our linebackers are really young and they played well, right? They, I don't want to discredit them because they have played well. Littleton has been great as far as taking on that green dot, you know, the communicator of the defense, the guy that's got to run it all verbally 
Aaron Donald and Sue, great up front. Sue, we kind of want more from a little bit. Obviously, you've, you've heard the, the monster that could be Sue, and, and he's had his moments. And again, especially at the end of the game, closing it out. Uh, but we, we, you know, I think Seattle put 240 yards up running on the ground, and you're just looking at this like, and the first game, they threw three touchdown passes, and Marcus Peters was a victim there. So it's like you want to see some balance on the team. Akeeb is a huge part of what we're missing. His leadership is able uh, to take on that number one receiver and really be what we all thought as that lockdown corner and everyone else play their role. Marcus Peters can kind of cheat, and you guys have seen him for a while, how he, he plays off that zone coverage and can come in and make plays. Right now they're putting him in man-to-man, and you go be the guy against the number one receiver. I think that's just not comfortable for him right now. So getting to lead back, which is going to be after the bye week, after we face you guys in Detroit, uh, I think we can expect to see a better Rams defense. But right now it's kind of patch it together, get to the fourth quarter, and hopefully we're either close or in the lead and make some big plays down the stretch. The addition of Fowler has been huge. Uh, He had the most, by pro football focus standard, the most quarterback hits last week than anybody on the team, and he was all up in the backfield. He had the big strap, uh, sack fumble to you know basically get us the touchdown to win the game and give us that protection. So I think him getting more and more comfortable and being our pass rusher is going to help a lot. But as we're talking defense, I really quick want to get a couple questions on you guys uh, before we take another break here. But uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, both of us are sitting about the middle of the pack as far as defense goes. Our offenses are way near the top. Uh, but what can we expect as far as your defense? And obviously Cooper Cup is missing. Uh, but who now has stepped into Marcus Peters' role as far as holding down that secondary? And what do, and what do the Rams have to do to really continue to make sure Todd Gurley is a part of this game plan uh, in, in this game down in Mexico? As far as I'm concerned, Todd Gurley, if I'm you know on the staff of the Rams, should touch this ball every play all day long. Because the Chiefs have had trouble stopping the run. They've had a terrible time covering backs out of the backfield. Um, the guy who's best at covering out of the backfield is a rookie. Uh, so it, there's just too many things. This, If I'm the guy I'm calling the shots, and, and I don't know McVeigh's history at all. I can't tell you if this is, uh, you know, prominent or or even likely but if i'm him literally everything through that first quarter in particular runs through Gurley. can't say i disagree with that at all i think you know you look at what todd Gurley can do both running and catching out of the backfield and that's a huge concern for kansas city uh one place that kansas city's done very well this season is against wide receivers they've done uh they have three cornerbacks that have played very well uh so i do think that that actually is something that will help them, but they cannot stop a running back and they can't stop the running game right now. And that is something that you do not want to be saying when you're getting ready to go face Todd Gurley. Yeah, my concern is that Sean McVay will get caught up in this high-flying, you've got this quarterback throw for 300 yards, we've got a quarterback that can throw for 300 yards, let's give him a show, let's air it out and forget about Todd Gurley. And I know you would think, like, how do you forget about Todd Gurley? Well, he only had 16 carries last week. 120 yards, but he was averaging 7.5 per carry. And if I look at that, I'm like, if he's averaging 7.5, why are we not giving him 25 carries? Like, I'd rather see that average come down. Maybe it's going to come down a little bit. Maybe it comes down to 6.8, 6.5. I'm still really good with that. I hope that Sean McVay is looking at this game and looking at the tape, and I know he's a smart guy, um, move it into getting him the ball more. You talked about the one thing that they struggle is, is the 
you know, the guy coming out of the backfield. And there's so many times that the Rams will have a formation. And I talked about this yesterday on the podcast because Tony Romo was talking about it. He said, you know, the Rams have nine plays off one formation. And how do you forget about Todd Gurley blows my mind. But they had one in this game against Seattle where he came out. Uh, they moved guys from right. And then when they snapped it, the Tyler Higby went to the left. The whole defense went to the left because they thought it was a run. Todd Gurley sneaks out to the right. He's wide open. He picks up 30 yards on a catch. And that's the type of stuff that they can do to get him the ball. I'm really hoping that this is a huge Todd Gurley game, uh, whether that's, you know, at least give me 20 carries. Uh, you got to get the 20 carries to make me happy because 16, I look at 120 yards and I'm like, wow, well, great game. But why did he not have 25, 20 carries at least? I know we got to think about really going the distance in this season, but he's had a lot of games south of the 20-yard mark. And obviously he still leads in overall rushing compared to the rest of the league. But I'm with you. I think Todd Gurley better be a big part of this game moving forward. Well, I think that's a good spot. Folks, we'll take our second break. We'll come back. And I think what we're going to do is take the last look at really the guys in charge of these teams. And uh, maybe we'll even get down to predictions. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fancy Football with your Locked on Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Okay, I, it all comes down to, in my opinion, at the end of the day, it's all about the, the coach and quarterback combos that these two particular teams have. Uh, and we've seen a lot about Mahomes. I think everyone understands how good he is out of the pocket. But I, I feel like the the combination that they have in L.A. is a little underrated. And the thing that I want to know from you is – it seems to me that Goff has taken such a quantum leap forward, but he still has some hiccups, I think, when he's pressured in his face. And is that my perception? Am I, am I close? Or if you were trying to throw him off of his game, how would you approach trying no, to No, that's a, that's a great point, and that's a good question. And it's funny because if you look at these two teams and the coach and the quarterback, Jared Goff and Sean McVay, obviously Andy Reid and Mahomes, and I feel like Mahomes is getting – a lot of the credit. Wow, he's a stud. He's an athlete. Look at him throw the ball. It's unbelievable. And then on our side, it's, man, McVay is so smart. What a genius. Look at how he did the play. He just set it up perfect. That was an easy throw, right? And it's kind of interesting that you bring that up as we finish this third segment because they are. The combo of both of them are so strong. And if you ask either one of those player or coaches, they're going to look at the other person and go, well, you know, look at who I'm working with. It's so easy. And so great question, because it, it is funny how perception across the league, depending on the player, how much you see him, the excitement level of it, because obviously he can move around on his feet as well when we're talking about Mahomes. But for Jared Goff, he's been great with pressure in his face. 
Uh, it was a couple weeks ago, and I, I, if you guys are like me, I'm a huge pro football focus nerd, and I'm pulling up stats. And, and some of the best numbers that he is doing is either on play action, obviously, fake it to the potential MVP or a guy that is leading in you know every category it seems possible for a running back, and have a good throw. Um, or when he's getting pressure in his face, being able to stand in there. I think that goes back to his days at Cal when they were one in nine his, his freshman year and he got beat up and he got thrown all over the place and he was used to getting hit, but trying to deliver and make a play the next couple of years, he really started to perform and put up big numbers. He broke Aaron Rodgers' Cal numbers out there. Uh, so he's built some toughness in him. I think that's one thing he doesn't get a lot of credit for. Uh, he, you know, he gets a system quarterback a lot, but if you look at his numbers, especially through pro football focus, he'll tell you that under the pressure is when he's doing some of his best work. So, to attack him, though, is is tough because one of the things I will say about him is he's also really smart. He's not afraid of throwing the ball away, getting outside of the, the pocket and throwing it to nobody to protect the down. He doesn't take a lot of dumb sacks. He doesn't take a lot of dumb turnovers. So for him, it's continuing to confuse him and turn those really those kind of those safe decisions away into trying to force him to do too much. And maybe that's extra blitzes. Uh, maybe that's kind of rotating some coverage. Uh, but the nice thing is he tries to really eliminate uh, turnovers, which is tough as a defense when you're trying to get at a guy. But uh, bring some heat. I think at, at the end of the day, that's what Seattle did, and they found some pressure off the edge, and they were able to get him to the ground a couple times. But if you can get him into turnover situations outside of the pocket where he's got to make a decision there, and if he makes the wrong one, if you tease him into making the wrong decision, that's the way to beat Jared Goff. Well, and I think – Seattle also showed me something as well. I watched a little bit of the game against uh, the Rams, and they kept running a five-man front uh, to, to slow down Gurley, and I think that really helped uh, slow down the running game. I, I don't know that it's going to be something that Kansas City can do on a regular basis this week, uh, but I do think that it's something that they may take a page out of Seattle's book uh, and try to run that against the Rams because I do think that it was effective, uh, at least slowing Gurley down in the second half. Where do you? Wh- how would you... Looking at this Rams defense, how would you go about attacking them? Where do you think they're weakest? <laughs> oh man, here do we got another thirty minutes left in the podcast? Um, you know what? It's that's a it's, it's a great question. It that's is fair. fair. I think uh, what really I'm scared of Kareem Hunt. Right? We're talking about quarterbacks. We're talking about uh, Sammy Watkins and. Marcus Peters and all these matchups elsewhere, but Kareem Hunt scares the crap out of me because, again, just like Todd Gurley, he can do it uh, the same way. He can, he can you can hand it to him and let him do whatever he does and bounce around and just speed and run over people, or you can move him out, throw him a screen, use him in the slot. There's so many different ways that you can use him. You can set up matchups, and we're not the best in coverage, and we're really not the best in run. So. That's what scares me about this matchup is is really the X factor of Kareem Hunt being able to move around. We've been pretty bad against tight ends. You got one of the best ones in, in a weird sense and earmuffs to all you Rams Nation fans. I got him on my fantasy team. So, you know, in a weird way, you know, let's get a shootout going. At least Kelsey can get a couple touchdowns and, uh, you know, a couple wins here. I'm looking for a few things. But, yeah, I, I think really the matchup problem you have in the secondary um, as far as, you know, You've got a running back. You know you can run all over us, and we, and we gave up 200-something yards, 90 of that to Russell Wilson. I don't know how much Mahomes likes to get out of the pocket. I know he's mobile, but I'm not sure if he wants to rack up close to 100 yards. But if he wants to, this is a team that he definitely can start to look at doing that against. So you guys, just like the Rams, as you try to match up against an offense as dangerous as you guys have, it's really hard to go one-for-one one or even be like, oh, we'll, we'll double-cover them because – 
you look around the field and there's a lot of, lot of stuff you can, you, you, that can really beat you. We talked about Cooper Cup not playing, and I know Sammy's been a little banged up. Is he a go for Mexico City? Sounds like it. Uh, just from what we've heard so far, it sounds like the, them keeping him out of the, the Sunday game was more uh, thinking that if they kept him out, he could play on Sunday or on Monday night. I think the extra day could really help them as well. Uh, to answer your question on Mahomes, he doesn't like to run a lot. He does get outside the pocket, but he's generally always looking downfield. Uh, he will run when he thinks he when he thinks it's there, uh, but he's not going to be doing what Russell Wilson did. Anything to add to that, Ryan? No, I mean, if all goes according to plan, he doesn't have to scramble for his life. Let's <laughs> let's hope we keep it that way. Yeah, but he's going to be running from Aaron Donald, so I still think he's going to be scrambling for his life, but that's another story. Yeah, and he can throw it with both hands, so I don't even want to see him scrambling for his life because he's going to then just put up some top 10 play on us where he like throws some crazy 30-yard pass with his opposite hand. Uh, as we talk about looking at this game and looking at the big picture, you mentioned on the other side uh, before we jumped into ad here, looking at some predictions uh, I haven't had too much of a chance. Maybe you guys can correct me. My bookie, obviously a big sponsor of the show, and they do a spread. I want to say that the Rams were favored by a couple points, the first thing I heard, but I'm not up to date on that. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on the over-under because it's made a big deal about it, and then obviously how you think this game's going to play out. You know, honestly, I saw the a little bit of an update. I, I think it's going to change quite a bit because I'm still really concerned about that field. Uh, and, and right now, between the weather pattern and it, it looks like there's a possibility that there could be some weather moving through that night. Um, I, I'm going to take the under pretty much if it's anything, you know, above 70. Well, I will say I do think it's going to be questionable depending on the field, the surface that they're playing on. Uh, if they're playing in L.A. or they're playing in Kansas City, I think you take the over. But playing in Mexico City with the way that field looked, uh, I could definitely see taking the under because, honestly, that field scares me. Um, and right now it looks like the it's minus 2.5 for the Rams. So uh, pretty much pick them game at that point. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go the opposite of your thoughts. You guys are worried about the field. I am too, but I think that's going to cause for some – you know, defensive slips just as much as offensive slips and create some easy points, right? So uh, hopefully everyone is is safe and we don't have any injuries going long-term because I'd love to see this matchup again, you know, sometime in February would be nice to talk to you guys again about this this game. But uh, hopefully everyone stays healthy. That's one time in February. Yeah, 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 exactly. Hopefully, right? <laughs> So I'm thinking this is going – I'm going to take the over in this because you're telling me that these two teams are going to get together and not put up 32 points a piece. I think that's going to be the case. I, I'm going to take the over just because I'm just drooling at seeing all those points in person. So, again, I think it's a little selfish pick there. Uh, you said two points right now? Two, two and, a, and half. a half. You know what? I'll take it. That's a field goal. I think we end up going in. We got a big chip on our shoulders, and maybe you guys do too. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But the Rams, is even being at you know what, what we are, 9-1 and one right now, to have a chip on their shoulder, but – they hear the noise of people say they're good, but they've got a system quarterback. They're good because their division sucks. Obviously, we're looking at a Monday night football game right now that has a 1-7 versus a 2-7 and team. At least we can bring a better game to the national audience. But I think they're ready to come down there and make a point. The Saints game was supposed to be that game for them to say, hey, we can play with anybody. It didn't work out. They lost it at the end of the game, six minutes left, and they you know basically fell apart on that comeback. So – this is the game that they get to kind of make some noise. I think they're going to really put it on their shoulder. They got a defense that is just as bad as they are at times. 
and they can put up points. So we got to have our offense go out there and win the game. I take the Rams uh, minus the two and a half. Oh, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm not betting the uh, the lines. I'm just saying straight up win. I I get too confused with these lines and these overs. So yeah, I'm just Casey wins. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> I have to agree with Ryan. I think Kansas City finds a way to win the game. I do think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, I hope I'm wrong about the field, and I hope they're able to play. And and like you said, Bear, I hope that uh, health is not a concern coming out of that game because uh, that would really be bad for. The NFL, I think, overall, not alone, let alone the teams. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's fair. It's good to hear, uh, you know, a lockdown crossover where I have the other hosts pick their own team. Man, I've been I've been talking nine weeks, ten weeks now. Everyone's always picking the Rams, so it's good to hear someone else pick their own team because we've been matching up against people, and I'm sure you've heard a lot on some of the crossovers where people just look at you and go, we can't match up against you. So I love to hear someone actually picking their own team Guys, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm really excited. I love these crossovers. Make sure to go give us all a follow. Uh, you can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, Lockdown Rams. We're all on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast. Leave a review. Tell us how we're doing. It helps us fly up in the rankings. We very much appreciate it. Guys, where can my Rams listeners find you guys at? You can hit us at the show account at Locked On Chiefs, as well as Chris Clark NFL and Ryan Tracy NFL, all in words. Uh, and you can also check out RGR Football. I do a little YouTube thing over there and get all your information at ChiefsDigest.com. And I think, I, Brad, it's been great talking with you. I, I'm pretty excited, and I hope that you have a safe trip, uh, especially uh, have a beer for me. I'm kind of into that kind of thing. So uh, thanks for joining us today, and I'm looking a forward to the game. A beer and coming your way. I'll, I'll tweet it out to you, my man. Sold. Folks, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the game. We will be with you for post-game reaction late Monday night. Keep it here, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.